Welcome back to the Sci-Fi Cross Sections. This is a sci-fi podcast where we do all things sci-fi. Shit, I thought it was Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Oh, yeah, we gotta go. Anyway, we gotta so go. here we are. Um, as promised, a little off track, but we're finally doing the Katie Sackoff ep- episode, right? Yes, Another Life on Netflix. So Miller had promised this when we released our, well, just looking forward, looking ahead, welcome to season three episode a couple weeks ago. And then we didn't deliver on it. We did instead Black Mirror. However, we're finally here and we are mixed with feelings. Can we uh, can we start off with a warm up, actually? Because some big news was announced today. Yeah. Uh, You're talking about the... The Matrix. The Matrix. There is officially 100% a sequel of The Matrix. Confirmed. Confirmed. Being written and directed only by Lana Wachowski. And starring... Starring... Starring, perplexingly, Keanu Reeves. Love him. I have a question. And Carrie Ann Moss. Carrie Ann Moss, which I'm actually equally excited for coming back. Very, but... Perplexed. What was that, Bill? Does did anybody actually watch uh, Sense Eight? Did no, actually, I started it, but I never finished but it. Yeah, Lana Wachowski uh, did that one. It's actually pretty freaky, except when they decided to do the movie finale, it just gets kind of weird and kind of goes off track. And you're like, oh, this could have been good, but I thought yeah. both of the siblings did Sense Eight. It was just Lana. I thought it was just Lana. No, I, I, thought thought it, I, I heard it, it was. Both, but I, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe like Lana just directed it or was like just head writer of it, but maybe they both produced, which I, I would assume is going to be the case for Matrix 4, where uh, Lily will also produce, but she just won't be involved. We in. could look this up, but I actually encourage the listeners to look this up. I mean, I, I have we have all the information, that's it. Like, everything I said is all the information we have right now. It was literally came out today, so we've just given us a way that it takes a week to edit these things for some reason. And <laughs> well, we all have actual jobs, so <laughs> and it just came out today, and it was uh, it is shocking to say the least because if you if you haven't watched The Matrix 3. Revolutions. I actually burned it out of my memory. I stopped <laughs> well, it too. Well, let me. What? I never did. Really? I'm gonna spoil it for I you right you. here. I applaud Good you. Good for you. I applaud Good for you. you. I applaud you. Neo dies. <laughs> oh. Dies outside the matrix. Yes, in a Jesus Christ formation. Yes, he does. Of course. Uh, it, was, it, it was very Christ heavy. It, you know, and I'm wondering if maybe the Matrix Four. I did air quotes. Four is. Uh, Maybe not four, but maybe a sort of Superman Returns of the Matrix, so to, where we're gonna ignore Reloaded well, and ignore look Revolutions. At this way. And just... look, look at it this way: um, you remember this is not sci-fi, but the God of War series. Mm-hmm. How they went a certain way, and then God of War Five came out. Four. Four. They had four games before that, though. Ascension was a prequel. So and here's what we're gonna do: we call God of War Five because it's the fifth God of War game. <laughs> um, <laughs> They completely shifted gears and went a whole different direction, right? Yes, but Kratos Maybe did not. That's... Kratos didn't die at the end of God of War three. So here we go. We're done talking about God of War. I'm just pointing it out. Like no, like no, no. I, I what just... do you what do you do with the with the story? Where do you go with the story where Neo sacrificing his life to stop the stop the chain? Keep in mind, dying for sins. Yes, it wasn't. So I don't. Did you see Reloaded? Mm-mm. I don't even know if they you covered it in Reloaded. Se- you didn't see the second one? 
No. Um. So 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 you know because I the doubt first you know Matrix? this. Yeah. Okay. I can see you knowing like the big picture, but not the little details. Uh, the Matrix had been done twenty one times. I think was the number. Um, was the reveal by the architect? He he he. They build it. Inevitably, humans fight back, and inevitably, the robots kill them all and restart. And they do it again, and they do it again, and they do it again. Neo's death in Revolutions, you know, or Revelations, I think it is actually, um, his death in Revelations is not, uh, is, is to stop the cycle. He agrees, Agent Smith becomes a virus in the system, and he agrees to go in and be the antivirus to stop Smith. And in doing so, he, he gets the machines to agree to leave the people of Zion alone. And that's that. That's it. And they, the, the head machine, which is, looks like a baby, is very understanding. And he's, he's like, yeah, all right, whatever. And they do. And the machines all, like, leave. Or I think they just kind of drop uh, in the war, in the battle of Zion. And they get in, a lot of them go, and that's that. And, like, Zion lives, and the people can live. And the Matrix is kind of, like, still sticks around, but becomes an agreement to, like, leave it alone. So, what'll it be? I don't know. I thought that was worth a warm-up. I guess we're just have to wait and see what happens with that, honestly. It's... Working title, Matrix Re-Reloaded. No. No. It's, it's gonna Matrix be Matrix <laughs> Rebooted. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it might be, actually. <laughs> I bet you. Oh, it's gonna, oh, be, some, it's gonna be. be something awful. I, I, I'm willing to give her the benefit of the doubt because The Matrix is literally the greatest sci-fi film ever created... I'm and perplexingly you have two awful films immediately after that. Like I'm willing to be like if you're gonna restart, if you're gonna give this a Matrix fresh start. Reloaded wasn't that bad. It was okay. It was an exaggeration. Like, re, but in comparison to the Matrix, which is literally this holy grail of sci-fi, where it's like it changed how we think about the world to this day. We have some nerd who makes electric cars and shoots rockets into space, convinced. Don't that talk he lives about Jeff Bezos like that. Oh, no, wait, you're talking Elon, about Elon Musk. Convinced <laughs> that he lives in a simulation. Convinced. How many people did I just piss off by saying that? And uh, Actually. It, it, I think that, you know, it just goes to show. But, you know, because she, you know, not just her, but her and her sister did that, um, I think, you know we can give them the benefit of the doubt on this for now and be like, if you're going to do this, I hope you know what you're doing. The fact that they're doing it they're well, she's writing it because and directing it, but they're not both involved, right? Not really. Okay. So at least she's writing it and directing it. That gives me hope that it's not just a ploy to make more money and whatnot. Like not to mention it's shocking. Warner brothers even gave them a job at this point. I, I hate to be okay, well, that person. Warner Brothers needs a Hail Mary after all the failed DC. True, true. <laughs> so, but that's happened in the last you know, five years. They got years. Warner Media coming up, and like I think that'll be I think that'll do fairly well because they're packaging it with HBO. Yeah. I, I think, um, or it'll be HBO Plus now, excuse me. I think if, if Warner, is, Warner Brothers is willing to bet on Lily, as far as we know, just Lily right now, or Lana, excuse me. If Warner Brothers is just willing to bet on Lana at this point, after like Jupiter Ascending, I think Jupiter Ascending was their last film, right? No. What'd they do after that? I don't think there was anything else. Was that their last film? Yeah, because it was such a bomb. Yeah. 
that you might be right actually. that was that everyone thought that was that by the way jupiter ascending is on netflix right now if you want to watch it? it go ahead I it's still, worth a watch i still won't but it's worth a watch it's like it's got a lot of problems but it's it's still fun i mean come on i love channing tatum as much as the next person but i still can't watch it anyway so we gotta move on <laughs> yeah no I, but that was uh that was a good uh, warm-up another life hey another life do you want to do you want a summary i want a summary from you ben can you do a whole season yeah, it's it's easy. I mean, very interesting video game. Uh, lots of people flying around on an island. That's Second Life, buddy. Ah, my God. <laughs> oh my God. I'm not prepared for this episode. <laughs> That's the sequel. That's the sequel. <laughs> Uh, I, I have a really good one right here, actually. Set in the future, an anomaly from space appears in Earth's orbit and plants a stalk-like object into the ground. Humans attempt to determine what it is, why it's been placed there, and what's going to happen next. But it's taking too long to crack the code. So they send a team into space to the source of the object to investigate further. It's a great premise. Mm. Yeah. Love it. I, it can't go wrong. I love the the design of the like Mobius strip style ship that comes in. Yeah, that was that was really cool. You know, as, as kind of goofy as it was, it was cool at the same time. It's great to like start it off with bad legally blonde and be like, "Hey, uh, that's her," and you're like, "Why is this happening?" But it happens. You know, we open up the the series for a very good reason, I think. And I know our our overlord is like trying to like figure out where we're going to start here. I think is what's happening. <laughs> no, but while he's doing that. The opening seems really arbitrary, but it has a very important point that kind of illustrates, I think, a lot of people's criticisms on the style of the show that, that we'll get to today. Or do you want to start, Overlord? Honestly, when it comes to talking about an entire season of a show, I'm a little hesitant where I want to start, but right off the bat, I guess we could talk about the intro, as you're saying, with this alien ship coming down and landing um so no right off the bat when this uh what do they call it the artifact or something yes the artifact when it's when it's coming in i basically get the feeling of arrival that makes any sense yeah Yeah. absolutely absolutely and i feel like they really pull hard on the strings of that movie for this show not just that movie a lot of the criticism coming at another life right now is that it tries to homage many. Oh no, it's heavily derivative, but yeah. I will not say it in a bad way. I, I will not say in a bad way. I don't, That's not I, my complaint about this show. Yeah, no, I never, I never once got the idea that they were trying to be like, we don't have a good idea, so we're gonna rip off of all of these other ones. And no. it, it, it's very much done lovingly. It was a healthy yeah, blend. Just, it was a healthy blend. I was gonna say, yeah, nobody was trying to pull anything over on anybody. It was more like a love letter. Mm-hmm. Yes, like, it's JJ oh, Abrams definitely. making Super Eight. Yes. Yeah. Which was done a lot better, but if they had they had means to an end too. It, it wasn't just they weren't plot points of their own. They were part of the larger the larger idea of the episode. When she's battling with her demons uh, in Soma, that was really interesting. That was where a lot of those came in. The alien reference. The, there were uh, two predator references in that episode, I believe. I got Event Horizon oddly enough. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Usually yeah. in that one. Um, those are my big three is Alien, Event Horizon, and Arrival is what I yeah. picked out. You picked out the Alien and the Predator, which I was like, okay. So, well, one of the, at least to me, one of the most visually, one of the most visually iconic Predator styles is the the three dots, 
the, yes. for his, his yeah. shoulder cannon. And in that same scene where they're doing the predator thing, or the I'm uh, sorry, the alien, the alien. Shtick, well, she wakes up from Soma in the nightmare, and there's yeah. in the you know there's something on board and it's coming after us. Uh, and her second in command, Cass, comes around the corner with the rifle. And it has the three laser points yeah, coming yeah, off yeah, of it. And it was that. my first thought was like, oh, they got Alien and Predator in the same one. I, nice. I didn't think about that until he said it. So yeah, that's yeah, actually a good perfect. point. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. Uh, but yeah, it's heavily derivative. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so much to talk about. Uh, why don't I actually, I want to hit at this point, talk about the cast. Okay. We all love Katie Sackhoff. We right. do. She, if you... she is literally the sci-fi goddess reincarnate because I'm I'm a big Sigourney Weaver fan who's heavily attached to sci-fi for the last what, 40 years at this point. Yeah. Katie Sackhoff has become that in the last 20 years. Well, 15 years, we'll say. Katie Sackhoff is a queen. Mm-hmm. She is wonderful. Sci-fi goddess. We don't call it queen. She's, She's a goddess. She's a goddess. And, and, and I think what's, what's fun about her in this show is that she's always having a good time. <laughs> you can tell, obviously, Nico Breckenridge is not always having a good time, but you can tell, like, out of everyone in the cast, Katie's into it the most. And it's because this isn't strange to her. This is like, you know, this is nothing home, compared yeah. to Galactica. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, she's she just dives right into it, and she's interesting and fun to watch. It's fun to watch her going Funny crazy. Funny enough, wasn't the original Starbuck like a, a hunk too? It was a male, wasn't it? It was a male. Yeah. I forget yeah. who it was. Oh, we're going back to the seventies at this mm-hmm. point. I, I don't mm-hmm. know if I can touch that. I, I, I think I started watching the original Battlestar Galactica. I got ten minutes in and went, "Nope, nope. We, we are young boys." I just thought Dated. I remembered uh, when I was watching. We're turning thirty next. Yeah, <laughs> some of we, that's young. Yeah. We're not getting into this. I thought I remembered when I was watching. Uh, Galactica, and I was reading some interviews and things. The like original Starbuck was was like, you know, hot young gun too. Like kind of like her character very much parallels his uh, as far as her arc. Yeah. the The thing is, is Katie Sackhoff carried such a huge weight in Battlestar Galactica. Uh, her, Jamie Bammer, like they all carried that show. Yes. Um, Edward James almost. Edward James almost. <laughs> so yes, good. perfectly and. She shows with this show that she 100%. You said it like she carries the weight of this oh, show. Oh, yes. This cast would be nothing without Katie Sackhoff. And it, oh, yes. It's obvious. But I will not say that she is the only person that I didn't warm up to. Uh, Samuel Anderson, who plays William, the AI on the ship. Loved him. Great. I loved Actually, him. Actually, my favorite character in this show. I would agree it with that. Loved him. It was a fun. It was the same old AI ship AI kind of story. Which, yeah, but perfect. It had sci-fi. a fun twist on it, which Definitely. is we should just say we're going to get into spoilers. Oh, I'm sorry. One hundred percent. If you do not want this show spoiled for you, turn it off. I will give you five seconds. You fucked up if you're still listening. Here we go. <laughs> Download the episode. <laughs> the, the twist of falling in love with Nico was something I was like, oh, he's he's in love with her. Like, right away, I was like, oh, he's in love with her. But I was like, they're, he, they're not going to touch this. This is fodder for later seasons. And I was really happy that they were like, you know what? Let's just dive in. What happens when an AI heart, AI's heart is broken by a human? How does a child... The, uh, with the, uh, the the mental capacity or emotional capacity of a child yeah, with emotional. the mental capacity of a 
supercomputer deal with the fact that this flesh bag just hurt him. Flesh bag. But I, I wouldn't say he has the emotional capacity of a child, though, because he, he well, deals as, with as things very well. As far as dealing well. with hurt, he definitely does. But this is his first, time, emotions, this is his sure. first time being in love. Absolutely. I wouldn't even call that being a child. This is his first time being in love. He didn't but know that's how what I mean, in that the emotional capacity, you know, if, if a child has their heart broken, then they feel devastated. They feel like the whole world has ended. Sure. And, and you know, he, he, he says he, he wanted to kill her for what for what she did and I, I would call that the emotional capacity of a child he was um, he was sorting out a lot of emotions in this you can't uh, blame him series right I'm not saying you could blame him no I I think um, similar to a lot of the other storylines that they picked up and solved in this season I don't know if they went into it not really expecting to get another season or what they could have uh, taken a lot more time with some of these things that for example I think, it was definitely the first three quarters of the season. It was really taking its time developing, and they were doing a good job of... It, I definitely showed in their interactions as it went that they were developing as a... Mm-hmm. Like, there was a underlying relationship developing between the two of them. And then they were just like, oh, now it's a thing, and now it's solved. Well, I'm going to speak to that in well, a little bit. So I think that's important... To recognize that that's not just another life, but a shift in the way storytelling is told as a whole. Now, anyway, I I suspect due to binge nature is um, no one wants the bubbling under the surface anymore. And here and because in a lot of cases, writers don't know how to do it well. You get a lot of bubbling under the surface and it comes down to audience members just going, talk to them. Just talk to them. Just talk to them. And they don't, and things go bad because of this bubbling under the surface, and it leaves people frustrated. So I thought it was actually kind of refreshing how, like, they talked, and once you once you get the talk going, then you just deal with the fallout. And maybe the fallout was a little rushed. I think it's because they probably should have put it up in, like, episode six, maybe, even episode seven. Um, but the fault was a little rushed from it, but I thought the fault, the, the resolution to the fallout made sense for the most part. Well, especially with her mid season arc of starting to feel like, well, the crew may turn on her or leave her behind. Mm-hmm. I think that would have been strong if William was also not a hundred percent in her camp too. Yeah. They definitely should have moved it up. And I don't, I don't mean that, uh, they shouldn't have resolved it, but it, it feels like for as long as they built it up, it came and went too fast. As long as we're talking about Captain Nico's issues with crew members, I also want to bring up uh, the character Cass, uh, which was played by Elizabeth uh, Lidlow, I think is her last name. Mm-hmm. I thought she was also fantastic. My, th- my three favorite uh, actors slash characters in this uh, show was Katie Sackhoff playing Nico... Samuel Anderson playing William and Elizabeth playing Cass because honestly that's the most character development in the entire show was those three characters yeah Uh, I I would say what's the husband's name Eric yeah Eric he also had pretty good development but it felt like it was it was also part of uh, Nico's character development like all the flashbacks I felt like we got a lot of Eric through her perspective unfortunately um, Once they actually had something for him to do, I feel like his character developed really nicely. How's it feel, white male? 
have a have a male character as an addendum to the female character's development sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> well, to be fair, to be fair, the uh, the uh, <laughs> the um the YouTube content creator character, uh, what is the actress's name? She's from Hellboy. And Hellboy. You're talking about Harper Harper Glass. Yeah. Yes. Uh, she's bad legally blonde. Yes. <laughs> Her character was there as a device for Eric's development, though. So there is still, unfortunately... That whole thing through the first half of this season was, was so bad. Fucking terrible. It's so bad. But her character is so important. I'm trying to find this damn, her it, damn name. It is, but it just... I hated the way she just showed up. And it was like, okay, yes. all these characters are... It's like a weirdly small world. They're all tied together in a way that... It felt super forced, but once Some they actually, Blair. once Sorry, the characters actually Blair, yep. started having something to do, I felt like it, it felt more natural. But when they were just thrust into situations they didn't belong together in, it felt weird. Do you want a name? I have someone you could blame. I know whose fault it is. The show By starts the way, off really yeah. bad. Okay. There are eight writers on this show. Yeah, well, that's fairly normal. Are they eight like full head writers, or are, those, are you walking at the writers' room? Each episode had a different writer, except oh. the first and tenth episode was the same writer. That's not normal in like like Netflix world. I don't I don't like that. But that's very normal in in uh, network. You should have a head writer for all ten episodes. You do, and then you have you do people off to the side. You have a head writer. They're called the showrunner. Okay, you have the showrunner, but and the show, ten uh, separate yeah. writers. That's literally all of network. It's always like that. You should have like three or four writers Network, max. basic cable. Not every Breaking Bad episode was written, yeah, written by Vince a, Gilligan. This is a Netflix show that should that, be no, way more no, no, concise. No, 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 Okay, Netflix is great, but also Netflix is harming the industry in a major way. Because it ruined, it, it's, it cuts off, uh, I wouldn't say ruined, it cuts off that creative um, versatility you can get through having many different writers come together to kind of give their hand of it. Now, the key to doing that well is having a good showrunner who can rein it all in. That's the key. Uh, the showrunner needs to make sure there's a consistent tone and a consistent message throughout. And I think that's where they failed. But you can't you can't say having multiple writers per episode is the failure. It'd be the showrunner's failure. And I got to be honest, I don't even know who the showrunner was. So Neither do I, but I suspect it's the guy that wrote the first and tenth episode. Probably. He's the only writer to have two episode credits. Uh, Omar Madha. Is that it? No. Omar Madha directed the first two episodes. I'm not talking about the director. No, no, no. But I wanted to I wanted to bring this up since we're talking about creative failures. <laughs> Wait, okay. Ben, you have, ben, I'm gonna give you three minutes to go on I don't around. need that many. Let's go okay. on a witch hunt. He's, he's not worth three minutes. Let's go on a witch hunt here. <laughs> and, okay, no, no, no. If, if by chance Omar or someone he knows he listens to this, I, I'm not of the in the business uh, of trashing fellow directors because I don't make anything good. That's just a simple fact. However, I think there are some things we need to talk about. Uh, Zoom-ins to escalate tension... Mm. Don't work in any medium except soap operas or Jaws. You can't do it. 
It doesn't work, and you did it too many times. Too many times. It pulls the viewer right out like that, and I, I hated it. And it's what immediately made me message you guys and go, oh, God. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. do this. Because I was like, if this is, if it's going to be this for 10 episodes, I couldn't watch it. Absolutely not. It was no matter very, how interesting the content hooked me, I couldn't do it. It was very sci-fi channel. And then, thank God... New director, episode three. I was like, oh, fuck. Breath of fresh air. I didn't really like episode three as it was. And but Omar didn't come back the rest of the no. season. And well, everyone got two. So that's why. I mean, he, he just happened to be the dude who got the first two. Oh, I see. Alan uh, Urkush got two, but it was separated. by. Yeah. yeah. And and I wonder. I'll, I'll look this up, but I don't want to say it a lot if it's not true. But, uh. Oh, yeah, no. By the way, I believe the showrunner was Aaron Martin. Directed episodes of The Rookie, 24. Like, like, come on, man. You're better than that. I know you are. Maybe it was your DP. But if your DP is going to suggest something like that, you fire them on the spot. So. I could do that in editing as well. No, that wasn't a, that wasn't an edit uh, zoom. That was, yeah. that was a camera zoom. I want to move on from... That's fine. This we got a lot to talk can we about talk about writers' rooms for twenty minutes? Yeah, we we, we like, could. Uh, like it's so good. I love talking. about I actually want rooms. to keep talking about the cast or That's at least the bad. characters. Do that. <laughs> yeah. So there are certain. I also love the character uh, Sasha or Sasha. How do yeah. you want to say it? Wonderful. It was said multiple ways. He's great. He was amazing when he became a. Uh, you know, had the alien symbiote in his brain. Yeah. His character jumped up 100%. Yes. Amazing. He just I needed something him. to do. Because the actor showed like, oh, he really is good. Yeah, yeah. But he just needed that push. Oh, man. I, I love Sasha. Great. Yeah. The whole scenes with him on the bridge were incredibly tense. And it was all thanks to him. Like, he yeah. nailed that. Yep. It was wonderful. Oh, sure. God. I loved his character. So three characters I didn't like. Uh, I don't remember the Russian guy's name, but August. Oliver. Was he Russian? Yes. Yes. He said Nostrovia. Uh, he actually he spoke, like, yeah. he spoke but Russian. But he never had an accent, right? Well, but he did speak Russian. Well, there, it's an American point. crew, isn't so, it? I was wondering. I was he, confused. I, I think he has a Russian background. Which is why it comes out when he's so drunk, the, maybe. The actor okay, is Russian and the character is Russian. Okay, so he was maybe born in Russia because he mentioned St. Petersburg yeah. and the floods. And, and the character actually was born in Russia, yeah. All right, so perhaps then he's just very Americanized and the accent maybe Prob comes out when he's probably. Drunk. Oh, I'm fine so, with that. I was just confused. So Oliver, August, and Javier, because it's not Javier, it's Javier. That's how they pronounce it. Yeah. Uh, I hated them. <laughs> the entire fucking time. It was yeah. This weird CW love, as Matt would say, like it's very CW. The character August is played by an actress from a CW show. Like it's very CW. And I feel like the writers honed in on that. Yeah, it was bad. It's the, even it the was, music. Uh, the music every time every they were doing scene something they were was together. So CW was disgusting. You guys, you guys. Shit on CW, deservedly so. No, okay, so first of all, number one, if this show was better, Blue Hunt would become the next Summer Glau. I don't even know what you just said. What, I don't know what Summer Glau is. I don't know Blue <laughs> Summer. <laughs> I just know oh, Red October, that's all I want. Hang Let's on. go. <laughs> Miller's going to have to cut this because you can't be the host of a sci-fi show and, and not know who Summer Glau is. Sorry, buddy. Um, ben, I don't know who Summer Breeze is either. 
Summer Glau is best known for River in Firefly. Yeah, I know. But uh, she's also, I believe she's a Terminator in Saracana Chronicles. Yeah, no one Uh, talks about that show. She's she's a she was a staple in sci fi for a long time, but she had a kid and took a step back. And that was that. But yeah, no, her her staple is literally what she did in Firefly. No, dude. No one cares about Terminator. We're okay. moving on. First of all, yes, they do. <laughs> we should just move on. We really should. Yeah, Ben, we have to move on. Okay, that's we fine. Have, we're talking just... about a whole season of a show here. Okay. So Nothing anyways, cut. that love triangle between those three characters of Oliver, August, and Javier was completely unnecessary. Hard to watch. And I literally said to Mark, if this doesn't end in a hot threesome... It's completely useless, and it ended in a hot threesome. I said, "Just you wait, Cal." <laughs> it ended in a hot threesome. If someone got pregnant. It actually was the female of the group, which that was actually in an a interesting... sci-fi movie. You never know. It was the female, though. Oddly enough, that was that was an interesting twist, and uh, I was I was caught off guard by that because they were told they were all sterile. That's why they did the whole sterile thing. I think. Mm-hmm. To throw you off, which I well Crazy okay, twist. but that is also like. That's an interesting problem to have. Pregnancy? For, for one of the crew, I think it's a, a interesting side effect to space travel that is actually something that is deeply affecting to a crew member. Well, and it was like it immediately brought interesting conversation between two of the people. That was actually one of the interactions between uh, Javier and uh, August that I liked a lot uh, was when they were bickering about socioeconomic status and uh having stored away like fertility um ahead of time like i thought that was really i thought that was a good uh dynamic between the two it actually felt really forced when it happened but then no it did no i'm talking about the whole like storing eggs away i couldn't make it to canada that was kind of weird it's okay it was kind of weird but going forward to where they are in the show with her ended up becoming pregnant it was like okay i see why they set that up when it happened it was weird i was okay. like why are they hitting this so can, can we use that as a jumping point though him talking about us uh being poor and uh, you know barely making rent before he came on this crew sure how did this crew come together this is what i don't understand so it's a what did they call it? A trillion dollar exposition uh, expedition. And how did they pick this crew? So I would imagine this... it was the most, the most well, capable well, scientists. Elizabeth Ludlow was somebody who uh, babysat people that were kidnapped for some cartel. So there's totally this makes sense. Really, really um, important <laughs> piece. This, the writing was so where bad. it, doesn't matter. Well, I like, would say I would say if Cass is any indication, the first ones were just kind of the throwaways. <laughs> I have a, I have a, I have a theory. If we want to get into it now, because it goes back to Harper Glass and the uh, the CW ness of the show. Sure. Um, it so this society that we live in in another life is not what it seems right off the bat. Like, I feel like that's important to say. Um, I'm not at all going to fan goggle here. Like Mark does all the time with rogue one. Uh, but instead (laughs) I'm going to present, uh, what I believe the writers wanted to say. 
Uh, and if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. Um, but I think this is a society that's kind of been driven by uh, our, where we're at now, the focus on social media and the focus on, on um, shallowness and I hate using that word in connection to social media, but it is, um, and, and kind of youth. Uh, I think a lot of the, uh, the fact, first of all, the fact that Katie Sackhoff is 30 something and is considered an old person on this ship right off the bat is an immediate telltale sign of, of the world that they live in, where she's not, re she doesn't carry that same respect just because she's a veteran, because she's an old person. And they don't, they don't respect her because of that. We very obviously have a society that has um, accelerated education uh, because someone mentions they graduated from MIT at 16. I forget who it was. Um, they're a heavily accelerated uh, education. And then uh, there's the fact where this crew came from. We know that uh, Katie Sackhoff, Nico's, Nico's first protege was Ian. There's her first protege. And Ian put together the crew. So what very likely happened is, and I, I, I assume that everyone gets a decent education in this world, much in the same way the kind of like Star Trek world would work, where, uh, you know, for the most part, things are good. Uh, but obviously, the, the floods were a whole other thing. But um, I think a lot of the fact that, number one, Ian was the original captain of the... I forget the ship's name. Starts with a P, I think. Which one? The ship. It's the ship's name. Oh, Oh, their ship, the uh, Salvari. The Salvari, thank you. Um, the fact that Ian was the original captain of the Salvare, I think, has a lot to do with the fact that number one, we have all these younger kids on here, um, and number two, the fact that they're so smart. I think it was August that was that graduated from MIT at sixteen. They're so smart because this is a society that lets them be smart. And that also has to do with how shallow and how vain they are and how uniforms are out. We don't do uniforms anymore. You can just kind I of... I thought that was interesting. It's an office setting, basically. Um, and I, I think that, you know, they have faster than light travel. It's a lot of, in this case, they wanted you to read between the lines, but they, they made the fine print very, very, very small, I think. And it just wasn't hitting the audience it didn't hit me I, I sat there and thought about it for all and like i said i could be missing this this is why it still gets negative marks because like even though this is maybe what they were trying to go with in this setting i'm not gonna say like it's good because of that because if that's what they were going with and we were translated this well then it, i think it'd be good i think if we understood it well enough and this is this is the world then i think we could go yeah no this was an interesting idea i really liked it but it wasn't translated well, so it sucked. Do you get now why Rogue One sucks, Mark? <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's really right, you're what saying, we were trying you're to saying say. <laughs> you picked up on the undertones in this, but uh, Rogue One was over your head. But it gets no, no special marks. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I picked up on the undertones in Rogue One, but it got no special marks. So, so. <laughs> I don't, okay, I. 
I'd say one big point. I'm sorry. I was just going to say real quick, and it brought up in my mind, okay. emo- emotional intelligence mm-hmm. is like kind of a theme in this in this show. Yeah, I yes, think so. a huge theme. It's actually very, very interesting that you mentioned that. Yeah, I think I think the youngness and emotional intelligence, let's say, of William, of the crew, and the fact that everybody is so young has a I think that's a big theme throughout the whole show. It's never once mentioned, and I don't know if I'm like oh. not okay mentioning this. Uh, I don't know if it does set it back, but I think it's worth noting and admirable. It's never once mentioned that Zane's transgender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they, you're right. they, no. they, it's it's normal, and that was the point. Is they wanted to make exactly, it and as someone, um, I'm just gonna get real for a second because I think it's worth talking about. Uh, I once read a thing where it was like intellectually accepting but not instinctually. Uh, I think uh, me as a as a cis white male am intellectually accepting of everyone. I don't care. But when it comes to transgenderism, it, it takes a moment for me to kind of process in my mind. And watching this show actually was like normalizing it more for me. And like, like, like no, no trans man or woman needs my acceptance or understanding, but it helps me be a better person around other this, people. This so I may, thought that was worth This may me. sound messed up on my part showing how unperceptive I am, but I didn't realize that character was transgender until I saw the five o'clock shadow. I kind of just ran with it and didn't even think about it. And I saw it was like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, having exposure to trans women um, helps you. Helps mm-hmm. you really just kind of like, because I have a friend that uh, a few times we've met up and she, um, and I had to get over that roadblock in my mind. Right. I asked a lot of questions that were completely inappropriate. <laughs> but like, like you said, exposure to this idea. Yes helps us i mean it's like what star trek did you know absolutely yeah with the horror and like that was exposure for a younger generation so i believe that that's one of those things that's just going to be like it's presented in the show just accept it and so so yeah in that way i I view another life and and sort of not quality wise setting wise a gritty star trek so and honestly they really do not touch at one point that that character is transgender, like never. It's not important. Yeah, they it's not, do not touch. She's on it. she's a woman. That's yeah. all that's important. Yep. And so they just tell a story. And I can only hope that we see that going forward. In I mean, obviously not just sci-fi, but everything. Yes, just, absolutely. Do not even mention it. Absolutely. Okay, so your your defense for not the, defending the show. The, Sorry for interrupting. The I'm near not the show. unbearable lack of professionalism in the crew members is that they're young and emotionally no, that's charged. Bill's. That's Bill's, not, not Ben's. That was basically what you said. Yeah, it was they're like, young. They're a young, smart... But that's but that's not... Okay, so that's not my defense, uh, but it's my hypothesis, if you will, is that that's just the way the world is. Hmm. It's not about the fact that this is a special case on the ship. Maybe a little bit because they're in a crucible of emotion <laughs> and hormones, apparently. This, but this this was a governmentally backed... Was it? Uh, mission. Well, yeah, they've all got U.S. patches on, yeah, their, nice, on their shirt. The, the U.S. is what... But what is the U.S. at this point? We don't well, know. They still have a standing army. They show that. Sure. I mean, you're right. I'm just saying, like... Society when when Sasha breaks out the uh, the welcoming mat, 
for the planet that True, they're yeah. on, it's the U.S. True. He's representing the U.S. It was just well, the, also it was, the world, but the U.S. It just felt like uh, <clears throat> cheap writing at a lot of times where there were tension built in things that shouldn't have been yes. an issue at all. I agree. And I, like, they had, they had a lot of good things happening in the story and within their writing in the sci-fi, but it was the inner, inner crew dialogue at a lot of points that just felt so cheap uh, and driven poorly in my opinion well it's aimed at teenagers to start the show yes absolutely the show's aimed at teenagers, teenagers don't like sci-fi i mean they someone like should have told them that but sparkly who, vampires who else are these relationships okay <laughs> that's a 10 year old stereotype <laughs> <You just laughs> sparkly <laughs> vampires were us <laughs> so that was, us. That was not me <laughs> well our generation um yeah, no, it's a joke. No, teenagers I, don't like sci-fi. But at all. why else would they write those stories? Because adults don't like those kind of character relationships. So I think it was. But a, you know who does like? I like think those it was a guys. poor choice. Car- teenagers like those kind. I of don't dislike all the, the uh, character interactions they had. Just ninety percent. Just so well, there a lot of them were in your face. It wasn't about their relationships with each other. It was that yeah, it was, was no they, they couldn't keep any of it on a professional level. Every single time there was an issue between two crew members, it was like nothing can be done until we take care of this. There was literally a point where Nico is is guiding the craft back to save the entire crew, and she has to start a a critically painful conversation with Cass on the way to land the ship. Like she couldn't have waited till 45 seconds later after they're reconnected and saved everyone's lives. You you said the key word there is time. Yeah. They tried to tell a story in 10 episodes that honestly should have been told in way more. And I don't know why they did that. If it was fear of not getting renewed for a second season. I mean, Netflix doesn't really go beyond 10 for a season, do they? No, they don't. But I'm saying is they wrote way too much material for too oh, short a yeah. time. They should have drawn out all those ideas. And that's I, that might be my biggest complaint. It just was rushed. The yeah, good news is though they can keep cycling out crew members because we have no idea how many more are in stasis still. But can they cycle out another <laughs> season? Who the hell knows? Well, I think if we do see a second season, it'll probably pick up with them getting home because that's the interesting story. The journey yes. back is not interesting anymore. They know how to get back easily. It's going to just pick up. They're going to land and see ah shit. I don't... Because now this is where the show gets interesting. But here's the thing is, the story is on that ship. I think they're going to end up going back out. Maybe. Talk to Dubois, be like, this is bullshit. And Dubois is a uh, a human. Dubois. It's interesting, though. They they are now in this territory of, oh, we have met aliens several times now, and we are in this space to continue gaining allies in space, essentially. Oh, God. And but they're are they just going to rush back? They have they've already set up the parallel storylines. They could continue taking care of Earth's perspective and keep their space perspective. I mean, they just saw the Akaya. This is a real spoiler. They just Jesus, saw the Akaya yeah. blow up a planet. Right. Yeah. If I were them personally, I'd hightail it back home. Clearly, the Akaya can can get their way ahead of them if they wanted to, though. Or at least they should expect that if they needed, if they had urgency to get home, I so don't it, think they're going to get there before the Akaya if they really wanted to just go blow up Earth. Well, you don't give up. You don't go, oh, they'll get there ahead of us. I'll that's stop what the That's race. what I'm saying is they, and they, can, have, they can go gain other allies and potentially fight against the Akaya 
instead and of just going back to Earth? Gone. What are they going to do once okay. they get back to Earth? No, What's the, you're, you're misreading that situation because you, why, you, you, if you know your planet's in danger, imminent danger, then you don't go, okay, let's go get more friends when at any moment the friends you're getting for the fight could be pointless because the fight is over already. <laughs> Either way, we're... We're heading towards speculation, and I don't want to do that. For, sure. For this, uh, I want this to stand on its own where it is. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think it's a great idea. Another life. I thought it was good. I think they tried to pull on too many strings. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I look at it. I kind of broke them up into like every two episodes. Is the way that it, it kind of felt structured for me. Well, every two episodes was a different director, so. It, it flowed well in those two episodes every time. Like, yeah. they were focusing on a problem, and I liked it. It just jumped too many times. Too many different stories trying to be told. Yeah. While also on the on the side trying to develop these characters that most of them I didn't care about at all. I yeah, just I think... didn't. Mm -hmm. And that's unfortunate. I, I want to care about all the characters on a show. Well, they would do things like... I enjoyed the relationship that was building between Oliver and August at first when they were on the planet mining for the crystals oh. and everything. Yeah, that was a good It was start interesting. And then they like... Weird sex I feel like they kind of yeah. cheapened it in a way all of a sudden. It was interesting and they were building where. it and it felt pretty good. Um, they, they did that a lot. They were like, okay, we're introducing this character and some interesting stuff is happening. And, oh, yeah, okay, we're going to inject the drama really quick. And now I've lost interest in the character because yeah. they're acting like a five-year-old. CW. Anyways, <clears throat> um, you guys sound like grandparents. <laughs> I come on, man. As soon as I found out that one of the actors was from a CW show, I was like, makes sense. Yes, uh, the, way, the highly successful CW channel that keeps cranking out ratings-breaking hits. Yes. Oh, I'm looking at my notes. The other Predator um, was the audio callback on the planet. That reminded me of Predator. What? When, when, um, why did I forget his name again? Sasha? Sasha. When Sasha was on the planet by himself uh, and they like played his recording back. That reminded me of Predator too. I feel like that was a callback. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I, I haven't seen Predator in a billion years. So I don't remember them doing that. Oh, uh, the Predator kept recording audio they were playing, or oh. the audio of them talking or laughing and things like that would play it back to them, and it Got was like it. spooking them oh, from yeah, the yeah. forest. Yeah, that was that was. Oh wow! I didn't even spot that. Great job, man. Um, I don't know. I guess I kind of just want to jump into good sci-fi, bad sci-fi at this point. Well, can, uh, can I, like, I want to talk about the Akaya really quick, though. Okay, you could talk about the Akaya. Just really quick. Like, yeah, that's fine. Because it's, without a doubt, the most interesting thing but to come out of the so show. But focus on so fucking little. But focus on so little. But I, I liked that there's a mystery. I was ready for the planet that they got to to not be the planet that needed to be. Which it was. Which yeah. it was. I was ready for that. I There's was like, no shock there, yeah. I was like, this is going to be some sort of outpost or something. It's not going to be. And they get down to the planet, and I'm like, okay, what's happening here? It, while it was all predictable to a point, it was interesting to see, uh, and 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 I think in a little bit, a little bit timely, 
as far as like how we we use our mouthpieces, our social mouthpieces. Uh, it was interesting to see a city that just just with bones filled in the streets, and then the quick juxtaposition to Harper Glass kind of filling everything. I thought it was a cool. It, it was nothing new. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't anything like wow. I've never seen this before. But I'm excited to see where this goes with the Akaya sowing distrust on Earth while we have a group of people who can't stay and fight for them. They can't be like, no, you're wrong. You have to listen. Like if they get back to Earth and I'm not this isn't speculation. This is just a, 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 just where that where where it lies, where like if they get to Earth, they can't stay and try and tell everyone that they're wrong. They have to go back out at that point. So it's just it's a it's an interesting dilemma to be set with where it's like they're going to win this. I think if the show continues, I think the Akai so win at the end. What they're that sci-fi string they're pulling on mm -hmm. uh, the Borg. Hmm. Oh, yes, absolutely. The show they, V. Yeah, that's what that's what that is. Yeah, is no, I know. they're doing V now. Yeah, we forgot to mention. But yeah, I know. Yeah, uh, I, I thought about it. I was like, should I write that down? No. Instead and of the last people, episode, it's, it's like, oh, this is V. Okay. Instead of lizard people, it's just brain people. And like, like Javier with now having one of their probes in his mind. Like, there's so many cool setups where it's like, I desperately want a second season out of this. Right. Because it, I know it could be better. It could. And. You know, and plus Katie Sackhoff, I'd like to see her have more work. So... Oh, she'll never have a problem being employed. Sure. The show was not so bad to the point where I don't think there it could be redeemed. Personally, I don't think it deserves a second season, based on what I've seen. I think they'll, I think they might give it... I mean, we don't know ratings. That's Netflix. They don't play that game. Right. So it's just all about how many new people subscribed within the period well, then that that was if that came out they're gonna look at the data and how many people actually watch the show <laughs> and if enough people watch the show they will do another one no that's not but how that's, netflix runs it it's all it's got to be based. Nope. netflix runs it based on new subscribers yeah mm -hmm. not on how many people watch the show they like to talk like tote how many people watch the show as like marketing poise to be like "Ooh, 88 million people just watched this shitty ass bird box don't you want to subscribe to netflix and see how much it well, sucks well bill you're in the metadata I was game about now to say, i was so, about to say there's a lot of interesting things about you know netflix has a billion data points so it's very interesting to, and you mentioned it, I mean, that's a revenue driver is their subscription service. So if they want, you know, they could track, you know, our new subscribers watching this show. Mm -hmm. And if no new subscribers are watching this show, then we don't need it. Exactly. That's it. That's so new exactly subscribers it. watching this show that don't pause and leave so in the middle of it. <laughs> this is as into a sci-fi, but to speak on that, this is the only example I have is during Super Bowl I don't remember what year it was, 2017, maybe it was 2018, they showed a Jack Ryan trailer and Amazon Prime subscription for a video, like, that subscription doubled that day. Yeah. And Jack Ryan was safe. Jack, Jack Ryan, yeah, and Jack Ryan was literally renewed for a second season a few weeks later. Yep. The first season didn't even air yet. Yep. Right. But because subscriptions went up right after that trailer aired, this is why the social media tantrums over 
The metadata. Trust the no, metadata. No, 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 no. The social media tantrums over Netflix canceling shows will never get you anywhere. It happened once with Sensei, and I think they're always going to think they think it's always going to happen now. And it's like, no, you're if you're threatening of pulling out is less value than the than the value of a new subscriber, then they do not care. Or the long-term strategy. People should not be worried because Netflix has talked about they're going to back off of creating new content. They're just going to continue the content they have. And like like you were saying, like what do, what is the business strategy of Netflix? You know, they are producing so much freaking content, and that's just a long-term strategy to keep subscribers. Yeah. They're trying to keep people at this point, right. which is like the game right now. is like if you've been providing a service for more than 15 to 20 years you have to fight to keep your subscribers yeah i I don't know if it was if it's totally just there yet but with the onslaught of amazon prime stepping up now yeah and really going for it and hulu's them. now owned They're by disney spending all the rest we have the very tempting disney plus package coming oh, it's like they have to focus on retaining we win Everyone in this room wins with this because they are trying to boost up so much value Mm -hmm. with every single thing that they're doing. I could see prices start to drop soon. I was going to say they have to like a Netflix. Netflix just went up a couple bucks in last year, but But they um, offer they offer different packages, which is huge. That is huge. Um, I still haven't returned my DVDs, (laughs) (laughs) but uh, no, but but, you know, like you said, like. Like with these services, there's so much competition happening. Yeah. Huge amounts of competition, which is beautiful. That is beautiful for mm-hmm. us and because we get a lot of good well, content. What is Prime at this point? $12.99? Prime oh, is $99 a year. Yeah, that's... Well, I'm sorry. I'm looking at monthly. I look at monthly. Sorry. Do you, can you pay monthly for Prime? Yeah, it's twelve ninety nine. Oh, they changed that. I'm yeah, stuck no on a yearly. I was gonna say, I need to call someone. You're still getting a better deal. Thirty bucks a year. I think. Oh, okay. I, think I think I'm still on student pricing. I'm not sure. You definitely. Oh well, I'm, you you've recently been to school. But, so no, but maybe. on top of that, Hulu has very cheap deals now. Mm-hmm. I get Hulu for free and through wh- Spotify. As you said, I'm I'm sorry. I'm gonna advertise it for it now. Disney Plus. Hulu and ESPN Plus mm-hmm. is going to be one package for I think twelve ninety nine. Yep, no and way. I'm getting- That's fucking huge. Wait, did you say you can get Spotify for free? Hulu through Spotify, I believe. Hulu through Spotify. Yeah, you get Spotify, you can get Hulu. I gotcha. think it's like the Hulu's it's like the lowest. It's a student thing. It's a student because really? of Disney Plus's shit. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, they're yeah. going to cancel it with yeah. Spotify. I'm sure they're going to cancel it with Sprint. But I'm gonna get Disney Plus, so I don't care. <laughs> oh, twelve ninety nine for all three of those, which I pay separately right now. I'm fucking down. Yeah, I'm, I don't a, care. I'm a weirdo. I've just got Netflix and Verve. We okay, right, we're, done, we're done. We're done. Anyways, <laughs> we're done. Give it to me. Come on, my face, Daddy of, Disney. Okay, okay. To make, to make a long story short, this show was decent. I actually recommend you watch it. Just go in ready to be. Entertained slash disappointed at the same time. Does, does that sum it up well? I mean, yeah. I honestly, I'm not sure I would have finished it if we weren't going to watch it for this. If we weren't doing it for this. I agree, but as the show went on, it got better. It did. It, it did. I think this is going to be one of those shows that viewers get to the first episode 45 minutes in and just never get past that. Yeah. I think I think Netflix is going to see that on their data and just be like, oh, okay. Yeah, they're definitely not getting past this season. Right. And it's unfortunate. 
I like the ideas that they tried to do here, mm-hmm. not executed well. Yeah. Visually gorgeous show as well. Oh yeah. I thought the VFX were great. Yeah. Uh like a lot of their shots were really nice. I mean it was very the, it was very British Columbia. Yeah. Sci fi yeah. show. Like this show looked like it was made for the sci fi channel, except Netflix got it first. That's what it that's what it fucking looked like. By the way, uh one new one piece of news we didn't cover, really quick tangent. Uh sci fi cancelled Krypton and cancelled going forward on their Lobo show. Saw that coming. Yeah, right. Don't ever take a show to sci-fi. I mean, really, saw that coming. <laughs> DC shows show. flourish on other networks. Anything Why would you take it to sci-fi? On other Why would you take it to sci-fi? Yeah, Get it's dead. It's sci-fi. a dead Run. network. Bye. <laughs> anyway. The, the sci-fi podcast does not like the sci-fi channel. We're just saying that now. <laughs> yeah, well, no. Sci-fi. yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. I think that's all we have time for tonight. Are we doing good, good bad? Good sci-fi. We're going to do good sci-fi, bad sci-fi. Good sci-fi, bad writing. Thankfully, it's a short yeah. uh, cast here today. There's only four of us, in case you haven't noticed. Yeah. The three for most of it. We're going to start with Ben, because he's sitting opposite me, so I'm looking at him. Ben. That's good, because i got to pee. Good uh, sci-fi, bad <laughs> sci-fi. Go. Uh, good sci-fi. Bad show. I liked a lot of the... Uh, I liked it hooked me every episode after like the third episode had me wanting to see what was next. And I mean, hell, if it's doing that, it's got to have something going on for it. So, yeah, good sci fi. Mark. Oh, I'm sorry. I go counterclockwise. (laughs) Always Um, counterclockwise. I I think it was good sci fi. Um, I think the story writing was pretty good, but I think the dialogue was terrible oh yeah um i would watch season two i think especially because i think if it came out we'd do it for the podcast but um but i'm not banking on a second one coming out i'd probably lose interest by the time it came out so unfortunately um i'm gonna say it's good sci-fi definitely so one of the big things about sci-fi for me that i want to see always is the exploration of what it means to be human from somebody that's not human. That's a huge, huge aspect of sci-fi for me. All my favorite uh, sci-fi intellectual properties that I watch always has that element. And with the character William, that was there. I loved his character because of that. Um, Aside from that, they pulled on all the little strings that I love, like the Alien franchise. I even said Event Horizon because of the whole dream sequence and reality shifting for uh, Nico. That was a huge thing for me. I love that. Arrival, obviously. I think it was... I Borderline, it was great sci-fi, but it was awful in terms of a show. Like It was forced in a lot of areas. The writing was bad. Uh, The acting... I'm not going to say the actors were bad, but the acting was bad. Someone didn't push them the right way, or at least direct them the right way. I don't know. So, yeah, good, great sci-fi, I would say. I uh, I would say, see, the thing is that I asked a lot of, I asked myself a lot of questions while watching the show, but I, it was so not memorable. Like, I feel like 
there was the slightest hint that the writers had really cool ideas and and shadow and they they, they had these cool motifs that they wanted to get get across but you just kind of got a hint of it but then just the drama came in and you're like okay i get a hint of it and the drama came in you know like what does it mean to be human how do we live with regret how do we accept ourselves how do we we, you know what does all of this mean and then it's just like like you said then you get slapped in the face with drama and you f- forget about the actual existential i wouldn't questions. say slapped in the face was, slapped in the face was unnecessary drama that's because drama is important well star trek star trek next generation season one and two prove you need drama otherwise the show sucks right which it did right. drama is important yeah this was unnecessary drama right but the drama would be something that you know pertains to you know, every Star Trek episode had its motif. Every Star Trek episode had its interesting thought. And cautionary tale. Cautionary always. tale. Everything. Always. And like, and so the drama played into it. You know, when I think about the drama, I think about, you know, sexuality. I think about, you know, like, what was going on there? What were they trying to prove with that? What were they trying to say? And I wasn't sure what they were trying to say with that. Um, I just, I really just didn't get it. I just didn't get it. I mean, it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, ooh, you know, sexy, cool future. And I'm like, okay, but why? You know, like, it just didn't answer a lot of good questions for me. So I'd say, I'd actually say it was a fun show, but it wasn't great sci-fi. It wasn't good. I don't think it was good sci-fi. Um, it was a fun show, though. I think, I think, and I, I have to, okay, all cards on the table. I got to episode five before the podcast here, but like so far, so far what I've seen has been fun. It's been fun, but you've been spoiled. I have been. I'm, I get it. I'm actually not that depressed about it. <laughs> show's not, show's not that good to the point where you're like, oh, right. damn. All right. Oh, shucks. Honestly, everyone that listens to this probably didn't watch the show anyway, so it's fine. Right. Right. This is a, this is a, do I really want to give it a shot? Listen, <laughs> we, did it. we did it because we had to, not because we wanted to, because we love Katie Sackhoff. Honestly, that's probably why we did it. Yeah, no, I think it's I'm, worth watching. Yeah. Honestly, if you want, if everything you watch in your life is good, you're never going to know what's bad. I, uh, I think that's a theme within the show somewhere. <laughs> I, think, I, I, ha- I have a really, really good drinking game. Take a shot every time Katie Sackhoff clenches her jaw. Oh my oh, god, god, you would be so <laughs> Don't do that, you'll kill all oh our viewers. Her perfect jaw. Anyways. <laughs> all our one viewers. So, I'm just going to say right now, I'm going to force you guys to do this. The next cast I want to release is going to be another Katie Sackoff thing because I want to redeem <sighs> Katie Sackoff in me right now. Uh, we're going to say Origin Unknown, which came out last year. Well, I'm dating this, but 2018 is when it came out. Um, I honestly think there's maybe one or two people in the entire movie. So it's Katie Sackoff interacting with an AI. So that would be great. Uh, that sounds like your cup of tea. Yeah. Space, <laughs> space her. Got it. Space, Katie we- Sackoff, artificial intelligence. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Let's do it. Uh, but are there any nervous systems coming out of someone's spine? Yeah. Hopefully. Oh, God. That was terrifying and very cool. And it, I feel like they just breeze past it. Yeah, yeah, I, I wish they focus on that more because that was so fucking cool. I thought, I thought of it while I was peeing. So, I was yeah. cringing when it was happening. I was like, oh, my God. Um... Dude, okay, also, Michelle, Michelle, <laughs> right, the, 
Michelle, yeah, the science batch, uh, her fucking melting yes. with, with something it. else. That loved was horrifying. So, so, oh, God, I hated her character so much, and I was yeah. just looking forward to her death from day one, or from episode one. I was like, I don't like this character. She's unnecessarily aggressive. I didn't think you were supposed to like her. Well, no, they tried to redeem her a few times. Well, she yeah, had a redemption did. arc in saving the ship, yeah, but that was that. No, I just think it was poorly written. You okay. could have given everything that character gave, but been likable. Okay. It was poorly written. All right. I think that's all we have time for. Uh, so, also, apparently, at some point, the boys are going to put out an Invader Zim movie cast, hopefully within the next couple of weeks. It will not be on the regular scheduled day. It'll just be an extra bonus whenever it comes out. So, enjoy that. I think that's all we have time for. So, Bye. ciao. Yeah. Ciao. Bye. Anybody want a stinger? I just want to, I just want to end on the... Yeah. <laughs> if that could be the official every time, just... I have... I okay, have, wait, um... wait, wait, wait. We got a stinger. We got a stinger. One second. Rogue One sucks and Mark is stupid for liking it. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I get it. I get it. Actually, I get it. One second. I get it. Donkey balls. There we go. That's, that's the actual stinger. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Save these. Do Birds. I have to do one? Everyone else did one. Do yeah, I have to go do ahead, one? Go ahead. Go ahead. Hey. Ass, 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 ass. Perfect. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. Talk about the stinger. That is the stung. Okay. <laughs> stung. Bye now. I left all the stingers in, bitches. We got one more for your ass. I'll be sexy if it's not for this chin. That's all. I need to get rid of the chin. Otherwise, that'll be a, I'll be a good looking guy.